listener and hello, Donnie. Welcome back to the next episode of A Real Page Turner. Hello, Mara, and hello, listener. It is good to be back and discussing another uh, book and film. Yeah, so this week we have another new movie based on an old book. So we have the book Deep Water by Patricia Highsmith that was published in 1957. And it was you know, originally published a long time ago that was now then re-released with the major motion picture that just came out on Hulu called Deep Water. And I couldn't find much about the reception of the book initially. Um, You know, I think they classify this as a psychological thriller. Um, I didn't realize it was a, I never heard of it before this movie. Okay. Yeah. I I was unfamiliar with it too. uh, But the movie uh, did come out like Earlier this uh, earlier this year, I think just in March it was released. I know it was originally like delayed from it. So, um, yeah, so it was directed by uh, Adrian Lin, uh, written by Zach Helm and Sam Levinson, and it stars uh, Ben Affleck, Anna de Armas, Tracy Letts, Lorel Howery, Finn Wittra. Uh, so uh, the film uh, uh, didn't really get the great, uh, the best reviews, uh, kind of mixed to negative reviews. Uh, it has only a 37% score on Rotten Tomatoes, but, but we're going to dissect it a little. And yeah. Talk a so we should it. probably say spoiler alert because it is a newer movie for those who haven't seen it yet. If you plan on watching it or reading the yes. book, maybe pause here and come back to us. Um, but the story basically is that of a fa- a family, a husband and wife who are have a strange dynamic. The wife cheats on the husband, Vic and Melinda, and very open about her affairs. And then as the, the her lovers start to disappear, and you know, it's kind of she thinks Vic killed them, and then the unraveling of that relationship. And it involves a lot of neighbors and friends and they have a child. So I think that's kind of the synopsis, right, Donnie? Like it's kind of just, they live in this small, quaint little town. He's a book publisher, one man show, and she kind of just stands around and drinks. Uh, Yes, pretty much. Um, (laughs) You know, and uh, the film, uh, it it took, there were a lot of, uh, to put it mildly, uh, creative choices that they made (laughs) that, you know, May not sure they may have been the correct choices, but yeah, it, it really uh, a very stra- a very like strange film. <laughs> I lots of questions raised about it, but yeah. And so think? the book was written in the fifties, and in, like it really had kind of that I don't know Stepford House vibe going. You know, couples got together for drinks and cocktails and parties, and um, you know, the husband worked and the wife took care of the house and the shopping and, you know, kind of stereotypical stuff, but you know, it it was, you know, I'm glad that the movie updated it and I had high hopes for it when it started (laughs) because, you know, it did modernize it. You know, it didn't, the wife was of of a different um, ethnicity. She was maybe Spanish, which I think Anna de Armas, she, uh, you know, she had an accent in the movie, whereas in the book, she's blonde and tall and that's not a big deal. Um, and I liked the way the little girl was using Alexa to sing nursery rhymes. And so it kind of updated it from there. And I thought, oh, maybe this is going to be like a modern retelling of this story. Yeah, I was very surprised because when I was done reading the book, I was like, wow, in the 
Yeah, in the film, they do uh, mention Alexa, but Alexa wasn't mentioned at all in the 1957 book. So I was very <laughs> surprised by that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, in both. Yeah, lots of parties. There's so I watch, was watching it. There were so many like parties they were going to. And it was like, oh, it's just this big extravagant lifestyle that they had. You know, and that was a good comparison about like this kind of Stepford Wives type. But uh, pretty uh, <laughs> interesting. So, um, One of the things that bothered um, me the most is I think the book. Of course, now, so I'll just say it up front. I liked the book 10 times better than the movie. <laughs> the relationship in the book is very cold. Vic has no interest in her sexually, physically. That's not, you know, they have this arrangement that she's having affairs. He's jealous on a level, but he really has no desire to be with her. So it's like this, you know, dichotomy in the book where he's jealous, yet he goes, you know, it bothers him and he goes into a rage that his wife is, you know, having affairs. But it's almost like it's more so a blow to his ego and not so much that he loves her. Whereas in the movie, it was a little bit strange because they had all this sexual tension and she was like teasing him and it was like they wanted each other. and It was this dance. Um, so it made it just a little bit weirder to me that he would tolerate these affairs when he did want to be physically intimate with her, which was not the case in the book. So I thought that was like kind of really strange and not necessarily in a good way, but I thought that was a good change because you miss the coldness. Like they were cold to each other in the book. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Cause there, like when the movie first started, like it was like, like it was like right in the big, be- in the beginning, they show up at this party and then she kind of like, they se- separate and she goes off on her own. And then she meets the one, uh, the surfer looking guy and she starts, you know, just making out with him like by the pool in front of like all these people just very brazenly go- going about it, like without a care in the world. And, you know, uh, Vic is just kind of just there and just has accepted his fate. <laughs> this is, you know, this is his life. <laughs> and that's, uh, um, yeah, definitely like, just interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. And he's also more like, I think, wealthier in the movie, right? Like he made a computer chip. He sold something for like drones, which, you know, is obviously another, you know, um, modern take other than being a book publisher, because yeah. we're probably not realizing those people are very rich, <laughs> but yes, so yes. making a computer um, yeah. thing, you know, computer chip is a little bit more believable, but what did you think Ben Affleck as the choice to play Vic? I think he was, I think he was okay. Like his character, like it wasn't a standout performance, but I think it was, I think it was fine. Like, I like, like, I find it kind of strange. There is like a little bit of age gap between the, uh, the characters. I think Ben Affleck is like almost 50 years old. And I looked at like Anna de Armas and she's my age. She's like almost 34. So. so it was like, um, you know, so I, I always, have problems with that it's like a common thing in hollywood like they always have you know huge age, age gaps in movies with uh, the husband uh or boyfriend or the male character just always being like so much older than the, the female and it's just very very strange but i felt like he was fine i didn't hate his character but it didn't uh didn't really speak to me too well <laughs> i actually thought he was too handsome 
Because, <laughs> right, because like the character Vic in the book, I mean, he's a decent looking guy, but he's not tall and dark and handsome. You know, he's kind of a little bit more, I don't know, portly or how they describe him. I mean, but in a way athletic, but I just thought Ben Affleck was like too handsome of a choice. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it, it, and it gave me very Gone Girl vibes. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it seems like it seems like this was movie was like trying to be Gone Girl, trying to be an ex-Gone Girl. But, you know, I think um, I did really like uh, Gone Girl. I think it was a much, much better film. So this is. Um, yeah, I was a little disappointed. I mean, I don't know. It was a little bit of a dumpster mm-hmm. fire. Yes, yes. And and just as some shameless self-promotion, make sure to check out our episode on on the uh, the book and film Gone Girl. So (laughs) listen to that one and and listen to this one. your own opinion. Yeah, great uh, companion pieces. (laughs) That's right. But yeah, but I think, yeah, Dumpster Fire does really uh, um, sell sell it. Uh, Because I watched... Like, watching it, it just was very confused at times. Like not not like confused, like it's a very convoluted plot or, or anything, but confused by some of the choices they were making. So it's um was a little strange. Uh-huh. But there were a couple things I liked. Uh the character uh played by L- Lil Rao Howry, so who I'm a fan of. I loved him in the movie Get Out. Uh I think he was a nice comedic relief uh, in it. He, you know, has some great one-liners, and I just I liked whatever his character was on the was on the screen. He was very funny, but yeah, and I think he played like the Horace, and I don't know if his name was Horace in the in the movie because I honestly don't know that they ever yeah. said his name. But I think that's who he was kind of akin to in the book. Um, who was that friend yes. and confident to him? And I did like him. He was comic relief. He was. Yeah, I did. I did like him. And I thought the little girl was great. Yeah, um, she, she was very good in her role. Yeah, I thought she was really good. What did you think of, you know, kind of the scene? <laughs> well, I guess, okay, so let me put it this way. I felt like they reversed things, right? So like in the movie, they go on this family picnic and she leaves her red scarf at the gorge, right? Whereas like in the movie, in the book, they actually go to the quarry, but they have been there weeks before. So it does like, you know, I think what the movie does is tie it together in one quick scene um, yeah. when she loses her red scarf. And that's where he has killed um, Tony Cameron. But in the book, it's at a quarry, which neither yeah. here nor there. Quarry, gorge, yeah. save, you know, there was water, water and rocks. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's interesting that, in, I mean, in both, he goes back to the scene to try to find the red scarf. And then by magic, Don shows up with the red scarf. Yeah. Like, it was uh, it was pretty interesting. Like, I wonder, like, did she, did she leave the scarf on purpose to, you know, it doesn't really accurately so explain that. So, it's funny that. That, you, that you say that, because I read half of the book, watched the movie, and then finished reading the book just because of my of, of a time constraint I had. And when I watched the movie, I thought the way she proposed it to Vic when they left was like, oh dear, I forgot my scarf. No big deal. But in the book, I think they set it up more that she left it there on purpose so that he would go back there and she would send Don there 
to already have the scar. It was like she knew that's where Tony's body was. I felt like the book set that up that she was more manipulating it behind the scenes than the movie did. Yes, I I agree there. I think with the the film, they were trying to make it open to interpretation Mm -hmm. where like they weren't going to have like a straight out, you know, explaining like you know show you know show her like calling don and telling him telling him or you know leave it open to interpretation but i just got the feeling that it just was trying too hard trying too hard to be this like sexy thriller like that so um I get, you know i get that you know choice to kind of like leave it open to interpretation but unless you know it's it kind of suggests that it's all in the boat you know, you're all in the boat of her setting it up because if it is like just a coincidence, it's just, it seems very stupid to me. Yeah. Like, and I think the, the book sets it up that she is playing him for a few weeks up, leading up to that. And he knows this. He's doubtful of why she's being nice to him, of why she is, you know, being kind and asking him about his day and being conversational with him. And he knows this, right? Like he knows a little bit that she is doing this. Whereas in the movie, you don't really get that, right? Like you don't see them have that kind of um, scene play out over a few weeks. Yeah. Um, But I feel like in the book, they really set it up that she is playing the long game. Like she's going to get to the bottom. You know, she wants to play him so that he thinks she'll tell her the truth and she'll still love him which you don't necessarily get from the movie. Yeah, I think in the movie, she was probably just too drunk to realize <laughs> what was going on. She drank a lot. <laughs> yes. And, uh, but yeah, it just, um, it just was like just too convenient. And, you know, and it was very strange. Like this scene, like it's the big climactic scene. And, you know, and it's supposed to be this intense scene, but I found myself laughing at it. It was hilariously funny you know it's just so like it was so very nonsensical what did you find nonsensical about it <laughs> well the exchange like, the exchange between don you know and vic and after he's found the scarf and Vic's standing there with the stick and he's trying to shove the bot uh tony cameron's body down further so he's not rising to the top and uh <laughs> Don just like, oh, what are you doing with that stick? And Vic just can't come up with any kind of an excuse. And I guess it seemed like somewhat realistic, like putting like in the mind, like, you know, the average person like in that situation probably wouldn't be able to come up with something good. But I feel like movie wise, like usually I've seen seen like scenes of this sort of like kind of play out and they always come up with some quippy or you know spearfishing interesting right? <laughs> what spearfishing yeah spearfishing yeah they come up with some they come up with something that makes it like a little more pal- palpable but it just seemed, it just was very awkward and then and then there's the big chase scene <laughs> so let's see so what happens in this uh, chase scene is that you know once the body starts rising and don sees it he kind of gets this old crap moment and starts and 
starts heading into his uh, his vehicle and driving off, and he's going to glow because he's been suspecting Vic of being the murderer all along, and his wife was doubting him, and he's ready to just show her up and be like, I told you I was right. Uh, and uh, Vic has to kind of um, uh, has to kind of stop him, but you know, so you think, oh, okay, it's going to be this real cool, intense chase scene with, you know, two cars going at it. Except it wasn't two cars. What was it, Mara? A bike. <laughs> a bike. Yes. Don is in his car going, you know, very, very fast. Much faster than it he needs to be going. And Vic hops on his bicycle and starts pedaling towards him. Now, I wasn't that good in science. And I... You know, but I know generally cars move faster than bikes. I was saying, to, I'm yelling to my husband, this makes no sense. Yes. He can't catch him on that bike. <laughs> yes. And yeah. Don, meanwhile, <laughs> and, you know, instead of waiting to, you know, get to safety, even though he's completely <laughs> safe, uh, decides, oh, I'm going to text my wife and gloat about my <laughs> discovery. Or something. And then he curses and then he curses out the autocorrect on his phone. Because it's not. and he drops his phone and he's fumbling and, and I'm sitting there watching. This is supposed to be an intense scene. And it's funny because um I watched this on my laptop. So like you know, like when you're watching a video on um um you know online, you'll they'll have like the bar, you know, going across like how how much longer it is. So like, I kind of knew the movie was almost up. There was only a couple minutes left. And I was like, this, is this supposed to be the ending? Like, this is just like, it's, you know, and this is supposed to be a very intense scene. It has the intense music and everything, but it's comical because it's, you know, Chris not the autocorrect and you got a guy on a bike chasing a a much more powerful car. So it's, (laughs) I was like, what are they doing here? And you know, and I was just like you. I watched, you know, I started reading the book and watched the movie in the middle, and then finished reading the book. So, and I do agree that the uh, the film, uh, the book's ending was much better, much more realistic, and much more uh, satisfying. <laughs> yeah, it was because you know you didn't get any closure necessarily in the movie, no. which I'm a big fan of closure. <laughs> Not everybody cares. I do. You know, at the end, spoiler alert, you know, you see Don go off the cliff and Don dies because he was reaching for his dumb phone. Yes. It was more like a PSA on don't text and drive. And when, you know, and burst into flames. And then, like, you see the wife burning the ID she found that was in the snail cages, which, you know, super weird side note, Vic mated snails and had snail collection, which was weird. Um, (laughs) but she found the ID in the book in the snail cage and then she was burning it. So it was almost like you had to conjecture, like, were they going to go on living this lie with each other? Almost like the end of gone girl. Right. (laughs) And living in this thing where Don dies and nobody knows the truth. So, or, or you wondered, was he going to frame Don? Don's leaving the scene, you know, the body comes up, whatever. You don't know. So that was weird. And I thought the ending of the book was much more satisfying. You know, Don, who has been right this whole time, kind of goes on with his life and tells the police what he knows. And Vic loses his mind and comes home and walks into the house and strangles and kills his wife and then gets carted out by the police. So it's kind of like he devolves completely 
after kind of methodically killing these people and not feeling too much remorse about it, that you almost wonder, like, did it drive him crazy? And then he goes and kills his wife, knowing he's going to be caught. So it's a little bit more satisfying because Vic gets his comeuppance. You don't really want to see the wife die, but, you know, it's kind of inevitable. Yeah. The climax of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Which was just, I thought, a better ending. And I, I just don't know why they didn't do that in the movie. Yeah, I think it would it would have it would have worked. Right. Like, like it's an intense that, scene. Yeah. Unless they just don't want to show that level of domestic violence. I don't know. There's plenty of movies with it in it. Yeah. So I, I don't actually know or, why they why they did that. Or, or or if anything, you know, keep her alive, but you know, right. still have him be arrested. Or if, if anything, just right. get Vic off the bike. You know, if he drove, if he drove to the place and they were in like a chase scene with two cars, then it would make sense. Then, it, you know, it might have been pretty intense, and you know, and there would be some doubt of who was going to win. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's, but on the bike, and I had to like go back and read the book, and I'm like, like read parts, and I'm like, was Vic on a bike in the book? But he wasn't. No, yeah, like I think. Like I get like the the him riding the bike as this quirky little character trait, kind of like him with the snails, like you mentioned. Right. You know, he's big into snails and has all these snails that you know. But like the, the you know quirky character traits, but again, this isn't you know. Yeah, it was super strange. Yeah. Choices at the end, my husband and I are watching, and he looks at me. He goes, "What just happened? Is that the end?" <laughs> I'm like, "I think it was the end." Yeah. And we were like, "Huh, that wasn't great." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah, very strange. And one thing I did want to bring up, uh, kind of the, the film was much more gratuitous and uh the sexual ex- exploits. Oh my gosh. Than the book. Yeah. Totally. And they said A the lot. like the F word so many times. Like yeah. that that's like what they wanted to do to each other. And I'm like, I don't really know a lot of people that talk like that to each other, but okay. Yeah. It was so weird. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Like there was none of that in the book. Like it was frigid. Yes. And it yes. made more sense character wise mm-hmm. than it did in the movie. Because the movie was almost like they were crimes of passion where they really weren't crimes of passion in the in the book. Because he didn't love her. That's, yeah. He yeah. didn't care that she was, you know, having sex with other people. Yeah. yeah you know, many, many differences. So. Many differences. It was so yeah. weird. Like I, you know, yeah, I'm not surprised with, you know, with the amount of sex considering that, you know, it's a more modern film and this is a book from 1957, which, you know, was you know pretty like risque for its time. But... You know, still, it was 1957. But I think they could, I mean, if you want to put like gratuitous sex in it, show it with her with the people she was actually having an affair with. Yeah. You know, because I don't know, it just um, messed up the dynamic for me between husband and wife. Yeah. Because I kept thinking, because they weren't actually, you know, outside of like her making out with the first guy, they didn't really show anything. And I wonder, and I kind of wondered was, were we heading for a twist that maybe she wasn't having any affairs or something, or maybe this right. is all in his head. Like, you know, that, you know, I can think is like, okay, they're not showing really much of anything with them, but like he suspects, suspects it and he, he talks about it and he talks about killing people in a jokingly manner, <laughs> which wasn't that jokingly, but it's, <laughs> it's, um, 
Well, there was no yeah. no payoff. No. Just, yeah. I did enjoy the book, though. I don't want to get the, let that get lost in how much I didn't enjoy the movie. Yeah. Yes. I did enjoy the book. Yeah, I did, too. And um, this might be a first. I think we'll have to go through the episodes. This might be the first where I enjoyed the, the book over the movie. It might be. It was it bound to be. happen sooner or later. <laughs> It, I know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, I was like, I really did enjoy this book. Um, yeah. You know, just weird enough. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just enough mystery because mm-hmm. you want to know what's going to happen. But it I did me, enjoy it. Yeah. It took me a little while to get into it, but I did get into it. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I don't want that to get lost in our. Um, no. Dislike. <laughs> yes. Of the film. You know? So But yes, again, listener, make your own opinion. Yeah. I mean, watch the movie. You've done worse things with two hours. So Yes. <laughs> you know, let us know what you think. <laughs> yes, please. You know, we recommend the book. And I guess if you view the movie as a comedy, it could it could definitely work. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know, well, anything you else you wanted to talk about? Oh no, that about covers it. So. All right. Well, listener, let us know what you think about the book and movie. We want everyone's opinion. Well then until next week, keep on reading and keep watching. <laughs> <laughs>